It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast with my partners, Brian Siegler, Jonathan Talley, Shelton Moss. I am Curtis Wilson. And this portion of the Boundary Corner Podcast is brought to you by Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts at the Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. If you love this podcast, the Hokies in the town of Blacksburg, make sure you are supporting Main Street Pharmacy whenever you make your way to town. Whether you need prescriptions, a tube of toothpaste, or just want to stop and say hello, let Jeremy and his team take care of you. Money you spend in the Main Street Pharmacy goes towards the things you support. The next time you're in Blacksburg, head on down to 301 South Main Street. Fellas, what's happening? Good to see everybody. We got the we got the four box here. Haven't no seen the four box in a while. Lakers, whoop. Uh, I needed I need Tally and Siegler salty tonight, Sheldon. And the Lakers had to go and win last night. They're going to be all happy during this broadcast. Oh, we still ain't happy yet. We got a long way to go. (laughs) We happy about that win, but we got a long way to go. Fuck the war. It's going to be a really good series. I think so. It is. I hope it goes The the, the first series of uh, four-time champs and two-time MVPs. Impressive. It's an impressive series, man. A lot going on, man. Been a while since we all got together, so decided to do that tonight. Got a lot of stuff to unpack because some things over the last few weeks we kind of skipped over. Some hey, Ricky LeBlue, some we're going to unpack some stuff tonight. We're going to unpack some stuff tonight. Uh, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe Ricky, will, maybe Ricky will chime in with some chat tonight. So, uh, but we got a ton of stuff. We are going to be looking at 19 plays from the spring game that Siegler has kind of broken down and we've all kind of had a look at second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time for some of us. Hey, <laughs> And we've got other stuff to unload um, from a data standpoint on the spring game with Shelton in a while here. But let's start with this first, guys. NFL draft was last weekend. Let's give a huge shout-out, congratulations, to Chamari Connor. BCP alone. BCP alone, exactly. On this very program just a few short weeks ago. And I think for some people, it surprised me. I was out buying a shed on Saturday when he got drafted. I think – a few rounds higher than most people think. What do you think, Sheldon? Um, yeah, I mean, probably a little bit. But, you know, he's like a versatile guy. Um, can play multiple positions, kind of like a Swiss Army knife uh, in the secondary. Um, and just like overall, just a smart, solid footballer. Like, he doesn't he doesn't make a lot of dumb mistakes. So, I mean, I, you know, in hindsight, like, you can go out a team with a guy like that. I'm going to say yeah. this. I'm going to say yeah. this. I'm a Titan fan. 
And a couple of years ago, we drafted Caleb Farley. Shout out to Caleb. I was fucking livid. I knew what was going to happen. And I'm thinking for my NFL team, for what we need, don't make that pick. But me being a Virginia Tech fan takes me back to if you are a DB and you come to Virginia Tech, you got a shot. Yes, you did. That name sure. still carries some weight. If you are a decent DB to a good DB at Virginia Tech, it may take you around higher than you were supposed to go. So not say anything bad about Shamar because, like like uh, Sheldon said, he's a great football player. He's very smart, very versatile. But if you are a DB, we got to start selling. We got to start back selling that, man. You got an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's big because, you know, I think – People had like a late fifth round grade on him, as I think mm-hmm. the general consensus mm-hmm. was, uh, late fifth, and he kind of goes in that just just on the back half of the uh, of the fourth there. So I mean that's Impressive. that's pretty big for him, and I Four mean rounds. you know that, and to yeah, the world champs, going and, to the around, champs. I know, and yeah, went to the Chiefs. Going around early is no big deal, man. That's 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 a little bit of extra extra change in the pocket, man. Yeah, more, more dough for him. And you know what? The coolest part did y'all see the Chiefs? What they tweeted out. Like the day after he got drafted, you remember that he got flagged on that perfect coverage he did. He got flagged on for yeah. being too close, and they were like, "That was what kind of sold them." Like what Sheldon said, he's versatile. <laughs> he can also play special teams, not just play special teams, but excel at special teams. Yeah. Um, even though they're trying to get rid of that in the NFL, and you hate to see it because so many guys live there. But you know, I want to shout out just to a few more guys. I know Silas got signed. Dax is getting a chance with Jacksonville. Same with Blue and Blumrick with the Bears and Chiefs collectively. So, you know, guys getting the shots, that's what we all want to see. But now let's start here because this is fun. This is the, this is where y'all get to learn to know us. I'm going to start in order here. Brian, with the fourth pick in the draft, how yes, did sir. you feel about that pick but then the remainder of the Colts draft? You know what? I really like the pick considering who already went off the board because to me, there was two ways to go about it. You were either going to get the most polished kid that has some question marks in terms of size and durability. That's Bryce young, or you take a shot with the highest ceiling player at the position in the draft. And that's Anthony Richardson. And so if you told me that at four Bryce young was off the board and we took AR, I'm happy with it. Um, you know, I've, I've seen this guy. He, he looks good. Um, athleticism is off the charts. Um, seems to be high, high football IQ guy. The question is just going to be, can some of the, the throwing tools catch up with everything else? But I, I just think, you know, it, it's a, for, for what we needed and where we were picking, I think it's a home run. And the rest of the draft was just kind of a, by the books, uh, filling the needs with the best available. I know we traded down a lot, kind of, um, you know, leading off there in, in day two, and then we kind of got into the groove there. Uh, we got a we got a lineman in there. We got a you know cornerback. Um, got got a tight end. Got another interior lineman. So I think the draft overall was good for us. We really kind of filled the needs we needed, and I think got good value everywhere we picked. All right, uh, tally. I'm, I'm going in order here, by the way. Oh, you His team pick first. Your team pick next. Yeah, um, um, I know you were. I know you were good on Thursday night when I texted you. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we needed a tackle. 
Um, I didn't know what tackle we were going with. I, I liked the kid from Ohio State. Um, I guess the best out of the tackles that were in, but of course he wasn't going to be there when we picked at 11. So with him being gone, I think they made a, a, a good pickup from the kid from um, Northwestern. He was a you know All-American and He's just a he's a good football player. You know, if you go watch his tape and stuff, and it's hard to evaluate linemen for people who don't look at it, but I mean he's a good tackle, um, which is what we need. I mean, we got Derrick Henry, which is a, a house of a running back in the backfield. But if you don't have a line to protect the running game and you don't have people to throw the ball to, um, and you don't have anybody to give him a break, then we got some trouble. So uh, again, we had to get rid of some people um just through free agency and things like that. So takes me to the next pick. Um, I wasn't too happy about the quarterback pick just because I'm not a huge Levis person. Like I, I hope he does well, but it's the I get the same feeling that I did when they picked up Malik uh, Willis. Like I just that's a personal thing. I just was not happy with that pick. Um, Sally, to me, I feel like we dodged the bullet and then we kind of handed you the, <laughs> the grenade. I would have much rather, like, tried to go get somebody in free agency and use that pick on somebody else, maybe a wide receiver or something. But, again, that's why they get paid the big bucks. Hope the, hope the kid goes out there and kills it. He just reminds me too much of Tannehill. Like, they look too much similar to me for what they do. Um, I hope that they prove me wrong, but uh, we did pick up some other people in 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 that. Um, I was personally, you know, wanted to get a couple of other running backs, but after watching and looking at the uh, running back that we got from Tulane, he's solid. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is definitely a good thing. Uh, should be a good change of pace if they have Derrick Henry still there next year and bring him in. So um, overall, most people's giving us a, a A to a, a B. Plus on on draft, so I, I I'd probably give it about a B plus on our draft grade. All right, Sheldon, which I, I, this is the first time I found out he's a commies fan. Mm-hmm. And respect on that. Uh, I know you were. I, I we we messaged you. You were like, we needed we needed a cornerback. We got a cornerback in the first round. The rest of the draft, anybody you like in particular? Yeah, they actually double-loaded on uh, cornerbacks. Um, I can get the name in a sec. Uh, Jarrett Martin was their, was their second pick. So they took – I think the stat I saw was that he uh, led all active FBS players in pick sixes with six. I think he had like 14 career interceptions. That's so um, obviously, you know, Kendall, Kendall Fuller is a free agent at the end of this, so they're probably not going to re-sign him. So they wanted some depth there. I think it was a little bit more of a defensive-oriented draft just because, you know, it kind of got the weapons on offense with McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, uh, Gibson running back, uh, and then Logan Thomas, even though he can't really stay healthy at tight end. And then they're going to roll with Sam Howell quarterback, which uh, I've got some reservations about, but that's just the plan right now. So um, they, they uh, took a couple linemen too, um, so they got some insurance there. So overall, I'd give it like B, B minus. Like it's a solid draft. No, no one's going to really, you know, it's not eye popping or anything, but I think they uh, they they added depth where they needed to. Good deal. Good deal. All right, let's move on then. Yeah, Tal- Tally's got a quarterback that puts mayonnaise in his coffee now, so that's really all we need to talk uh, about. Dude, uh, I ain't trying to hit it. And Tavion left us to go play with that kid, so I'm still a little <laughs> salty about that. I think Even that's more main reserve. Well, yeah. listen, for all y'all, guess what you didn't do? You didn't draft a kicker in the third round, yeah. okay? 
You didn't draft a freaking kicker in the third round. Yeah, that was a little weird. Oh, we want to talk about the rest of the draft. It's we did okay. Drafted one tight end in the third round that should have went in the seventh, and after the seventh round, it should have went in the third. But I mean, you, you never will get value from drafting a kicker at all. No, in my opinion, let alone in the third round. I mean, nope. beyond the like one or two best in the league everybody's more or less kind of in the same 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 ballpark unless you're at that kind of bottom one or two. And, so, and, and, and that's the point everybody's making is he now has to be an all pro for 10 years. Yeah. Right. To, to pay, to pay <laughs> for it. So whatever. All right. Well, before we get into further football talk, we've got to flip it over to hoops, not only because Shelton's back, but because there's been a lot of stuff happening since the last time we talked any hoops because we were focused on spring game and all that stuff. So, Sheldon, let's start with this. It came – I felt it as a shock. I think these guys felt it as a shock, too. Graham Basile moves over and goes to the Italian league, gets his Italian citizenship and all that. Is this something that was on your radar? Did you think this potentially could happen, or did it hit you out of left field like it hit us? Yeah, I was actually a bit surprised. I thought he was coming back. Um, I just felt like, you know, he seemed like a kind of a team-first guy. Um, not to suggest that he isn't, but it just seemed like, you know, the vibes were pretty good. And that's what I heard from some of the, you know, the insiders that know more than I do. So I was a little bit surprised, obviously Couture coming back. That was, you know, expected. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see because tech is going to kind of uh, reload their front court as we'll discuss, um, you know, and they can survive without facility, but at the same time, you look at his, especially towards the latter half of last year. I mean, that's that's a good amount of production you got to replace. So uh, it's mm. not going to be a, it's it's going to be a tall task for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely he, he came in. He was, you know, at moments last year was kind of the the, the main scoring threat uh, for the Hokies um, game to game. Um, it's going to be a big loss. I mean, obviously, I think you know we got we got some guys coming in that can maybe potentially replace some of that by committee, but um, you're not going to have a, a singular player coming in that's going to be able to kind of do offensively what Vasily was able to do at points last year. No, uh, there are very, like, if you look at the stats of guys of his uh, stature around like, you know, the high major basketball, like there are very few guys who are as productive offensively all around as Vasily was. In my opinion, I thought he got a little bit too much flack from some of the fans. Um, he is a really, really talented offensive player. You know, defense kind of is what it is. Um, he's not, that's not really his game, uh, but he was extremely efficient. And so that's, that's going to be a miss for sure. Yeah, when you talk about, you know, basketball and a lot of fans that are just normal fans, casual fans, like it is very hard to be a two-way player. Like me being a Laker fan and watching AD last night, like that's a two-way player. When you talk about Mm -hmm. a defensive player, you get like Jared Jackson Jr. that's going to give you like 14 points and guard the rim for you and stuff. It's hard to have that same player do what Bazili is able to do, so – you can't have it both ways a lot of times. Like you got great offensive player or great defensive player. So, and it, because you're exerting a lot of energy on both ends of the of the of the court, so um, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see which way they go. You know, with them maybe getting some more talented guards, um, are they going to rely on a bring you know a big man to do what he does, or are they going to go? De- it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch, I guess. So. I'm hoping Mike Young uh, surprises me and does some great things this year because I need to see it. 
Yeah, I, I think that's is going to be a big thing we've got to see. And obviously, you 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 just kind of led into it a couple seconds ago, Shelton. With we needed to replace him with someone bigger, and lo and behold, they get Robbie Baran out of the portal from Northwest, and he's an RBA kid. Uh, played at Tucker, and he played at your alma mater's chief rival collegiate here in the RVA. You know, six six nine, two hundred plus pounds. And I look at his stat sheet, and like it's he's like that progressive player. He got a little better every year at Northwestern, right? A little better, little, never big jumps, but always just a little bit better. But you probably looked a little bit more detail. What is he bringing in along with, you know, what, Makai Long and Tyler Nickel? Um, how do you feel overall about the three transfers that came in? So talking about Brent, first of all, um, like you said, he's got experience. He was a four-year play at Northwestern, uh, started all 30, 34 games last year. Average about 7.5 and 5 on the glass. Um, and splits. He was not super efficient from two. Um, you know, that's, that's not really his game. He is a prototypical stretch four, so he, he can light it up from three. Um, for being 6'9", he's a really good three-point shooter, about 35%, and also a very good free throw shooter as well. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that has, at Northwestern, he had a pretty low usage rate, meaning, you know, he's not involved in, in uh, the, you know, the shooting and the shooting as much um, as a guy like Justin Mutz. Um, and doesn't play quite as many minutes uh, typically that you would see from, you know, a standard Mike Young, Mike Young big man. Um, he's got a pretty slow release, so he's more like a catch-and-shoot three-pointer. So he's not going to have huge uh, volume for threes, like maybe three a game or so, uh, but he gets converted to a high clip. So I think overall, in terms of you know, the spacing, obviously that's a check mark, um, and a guy that's experienced uh, and can bring some size. Uh, rim protector, you know, he's going to block a ton of shots. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a lot more defense than just blocking shots. So overall, I think it's a pretty good pickup. And you mentioned Tyler Nickel, another guy who's got some size. I expect him to be, you know, a backup, obviously, uh, provide some minutes at that uh, four position. Um, and then Makai Long. I haven't digged in, into his stats uh, quite as much at Old Dominion, but I do know he's, you know, six foot seven, uh, pretty lanky and, and athletic. So I think he brings a, a dimension of, of athleticism and length to the team that is uh, certainly sorely needed. Yeah. So, uh, again, you, you lose a 20-plus point score in Basile. Like you said, we're not going to be able to replace it with just one player. So, hopefully a combination of these three with some younger guys stepping up, especially, um, you know, not – I mean, knock on wood. And after this happens tomorrow when people start getting in the portal, not losing players to the portal after Mike Jones left, I mean, I think that's a really big thing. Definitely, because I mean, you can say it. Everybody was expecting Rodney somebody to, to leave. Everybody was expecting Rice to be already out, but it looks yeah. like he's still there and still working. I know it's a long time before the season starts, but I mean, the longer he's there, the better. So, I mean, he he's got the spot. He's got the he's got what he's need what he needs to play. I mean, and you're playing in the ACC. It's not much another school can offer him. You know. Besides, hey, we're gonna win, you know, and nobody really knows that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I hopefully, mean, he, hopefully, he stays and and, and uh, contributes. Yeah, because I mean, looking at you know Maryland, obviously being the the the, the particular offer here in, in in place. I mean, if if that if a spot opens up there, I feel like that's really the only 
big sway other than a true kind of blue blood that would step up and, and give him a spot on their roster because, um, I, I, you, like you said, playing in the ACC, playing big time college basketball, I feel like that's 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 the, a good draw, and he, he's he seems to be comfortable in the system that Mike Young runs. So, um, other than you know that relationship uh, with Mike Jones, I don't really feel like there's a whole lot that will um, kind of change that up. Yeah, and I mean. I mean, we sat here a year ago and we looked at all the transfers and stuff and we saw how it all worked. And we were like, man, we're going to be a much better team this year, right? We're, we're, we're going to get in the tournament easy. And it just – things just didn't click. And I know I know Hunter going down was big. But, it, like, things didn't click. So, it's one of those things where it's like the expectations last year were up here. I think for all of us, they're slightly more tempered this year than they were last year. So – is it one of those things where we're going to get surprised? I think that's a big question we all will ask because last year we were like, man, everybody's back. We got Grant. We saw him not only, you know, we saw his numbers at Wright State, but we saw him in the tournament, right? Right. In that tournament game, like he lit it up and it's like, okay, this guy can play against P5 competition. So right. it'll yeah. be interesting to see how it holds on. I do basketball, wanna... go, go ahead. ahead. Now go ahead. Basketball, the main thing is always injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right now, you're talking NBA playoffs, and you know one injury changes the whole dynamic of a team. So when you talk about what Virginia, to, and it's no cop out because y'all know how I feel about the basketball team and Mike Young. I want him to win. You know, I don't want the you know shaking hands and kissing babies no more. They got to produce. You know. So with that being said, though, I can't ignore that you only have. You know, at the most 10, 10 rotational players. And if two, three of your players go down who are, you know, big parts of your offense or defense, you're in trouble. And, you know, Couture went down and then uh, Rice went down. You know, having those big injuries to not a very deep team, uh, it was kind of like we was doomed from the start to me. Like some people say, oh, we'll be fine and they'll be able to do this. But no, that's a big deal, especially when you look at the defense that Couture plays. Uh, because you have to like, – defense wins championships. You can score, and he can score. As, everybody knows he can score, but it's underrated to what he does on the defensive part of the of – the, in getting that one stop uh, against certain teams at that pivotal time. We just wasn't able to do it last year. So um, I feel like this year um, expectations should still be – I don't want to say as high, but still pretty high. Um, okay. But it just comes down to injuries because – Rice has a lot of potential, you know, along with some of the people who, I mean, uh, Padula, uh, Couture coming back, them bringing in some of the transfers, like they can definitely still have a great team or a very good team. It just comes down to how healthy do we stay, in my opinion. It's true. All right. Yeah. Now, getting Rice, getting Rice for a full season, uh, you know, knock on wood, uh, health-wise, it's going to be big. So. <laughs> All right. Now, where my – Expectations for the men's team are tempered. My expectations for the ladies' teams are like here, like seriously, like through the roof. And they got three uh, young ladies from the transfer portal. I don't know much about them, Sheldon. I know you've got some info, so we're going to definitely let you lead this. We got Matilda Eck from Michigan State, Alana Mishu from Minnesota, and Olivia Summonell from Wake Forest. Give us a little bit on each. How are they going to help this team, which was a Final Four team, 
up going into the fourth quarter against LSU this season. Yeah. Educated. Yeah, so, sure. I think Eck is probably the most prominent one. Um, she's a six-foot guard slash forward, so probably plays you know, three a little bit. Started 20 games last year for Michigan State. About 12 points, three rebounds, um, but her shooting splits were absolutely off the charts. So she shot 40% overall, 39% from three, and then 95% free throw line. Like, this girl has not missed free throws. Um, so, but mostly, you know, you focus on that 40% from three. Her ability to shoot threes is going to really help this floor spacing because you add in Kayla King, who's lights out, Georgia Amor, who's lights out on also a very high volume of attempts. That's going to open up a ton of spacing for Liz Kelly to do her thing in the paint. So I think that's probably the biggest thing for, uh, for Eck. Um, about 70% of her field goal attempts are from three. Uh, so that's kind of her game. Like she's not, she can, t- I guess, attack the basket a little bit. Um, so, uh, but she's really kind of like a, you know, a three and D type player. Um, and then you've got Alana Michaud, six foot two forward, started 30 games last year at Minnesota. Another player um, who's, you know, has some experience, averaged 14 points per game last year. Um, she does not shoot three. She's like an in score. I think her value is going to be in uh, providing some uh, some rest for uh, Kitley because uh, she, she's going to give us some depth um, at that forward position. Um, so that's a big addition. And then also you got Olivia Samil, he mentioned, another forward. Third three games started last year at Wake Forest, uh, 7 points, 5.6 rebounds. Um, pretty solid splits overall. Um, she, I would suspect she comes off the bench kind of like in that Deja Gregg type of role. Um, just provide some defense and, you know, more experience again. So if you look at this, these three additions in total, what you see is, one, tons of experience, uh, and all these ladies can score, um, and also just, you know, forward depth. Like, that's one thing that Tech always needs to make sure they have is forward depth so that Liz can get some rest. Um, I think uh, with Carly Wenzel, uh, talented uh, young redshirt freshman, coming up to pipe for next year, uh, Tech will have some depth uh, for uh, at the guard spot a little bit more than they did last year. So Amor can get a little bit of a break because I think Amor is probably playing about, you know, seven eight minutes, especially in the stretch run last year. Like I, there were some games where I don't think she came out at all. So just having a player like that that can score and because uh, everything we've heard about uh, Winsel is she is an absolute dog. So um, I think we're going to get We're going to shine a little bit more next year. So, like I said, last year's team, if they had any Achilles heel, it would have been depth. This year, Kenny's been kind of restocking that a little bit, so I think they're going to be a lot deeper uh, than they were last season, and, and that's that's going to be big. Yeah, nice. I mean, it, it, like you said, if the one thing that they struggled with, especially as we saw down the stretch against LSU, was having some depth, um, you know, and maybe being you know not quite as physical as what LSU was was getting away with in that game, so um, getting more depth is only going to help that situation and and put them in a better position to kind of close games out. Um, against that higher level competition, which we saw some earlier in the year where they were struggling to kind of close out with some of those uh, those higher level competition. And then, you know, obviously they went on that big run um, when, when everything kind of clicked for them uh, up until the final four there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how all these pieces kind of mix in and what, uh, what Kenny Brooks is able to do with them. So, yeah. So I think what we've got here is obviously – Again, it's improving the team. I love the way you talked about uh, the young lady shooting 40%, what the, the Michigan State transfer. Yeah. Because, I mean, we know Georgia and Kayla can shoot the lights out. And you put another four. I mean, that just – I can only imagine teams' defenses where it's like, well, we need to guard Kitley. 
we can't bleep and double Kitley anymore. Why? Because we've got three people that can shoot 40% from three. If we give them looks, they're going to knock them down. And, and free throws. And, and free throws. 95% free throw shooting. And I like you what can't. you meant. I yeah. like what you – and Shelton mentioned it, like, she can take it off the dribble some, right? Yeah. She's not just that shooter, and it's going to be like time. It's like, just go after the basket. Go after the basket, please, please. Get your free two points. Free two points, exactly. All right, so we're going to close the door on Castle Coliseum, and we're going to walk back over to Lane Stadium, boys, because, um, yeah, the spring game was a couple weeks ago. We had an episode, and the portal has been flooded ever since. So I'm going to kind of take this room by room. Y'all give me shock, not shocked. Um, but let's start with the quarterback room first. Uh, I'll let you start it out, Tally. Taj Bullock and Devin Farrell hit the portal. Any shock, any not shock, any you wish they would stayed? Not shock. I mean, I, I liked Devin Farrell. I didn't like him wearing number seven. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like Devin Farrell from what I've seen of him. Uh, but not shock because you don't need six people in a quarterback room. You don't need five people. You know, you do. When you're when you're scrapped on what you have as far as um, um, scholarships, you can't have six, five people in a quarterback room. So, you know, all the best to the kids, but not shocked. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Tally. Um, just looking at Bullock and Farrell, uh, it seemed like their their time was up. You had, the, you had the younger guys coming in. You had Pop coming in. You had Whitkey coming in. And then you had Drones that came in, which you know, came in as being the guy competing for the starting job. Right. You know, that, that's your four right there. Um, they kind of put you know Bullock and Farrell in a spot where if, if they didn't beat out Pop Watson, which it, it seemed like they hadn't for that kind of that number three spot heading into um, heading into the fall. It, it was time for them to, to look at some other options. Um, so, I mean, best of luck to them, um, but definitely not shocked in terms of expectation there. What I like about what I've seen uh, with the team and, you know, with the transfers and things like that, with the last regime, it's like everybody who transferred, we got a horror story. You know what I'm saying? Somebody lied to me. Somebody did this to me. Somebody kicked me in the nuts. It was always some bullshit. Like, we got some kind of freaking house of whores every time somebody left. I really think that the coaches have been honest with these kids and say, hey, this person is performing better than you. We may need to help you look elsewhere. And that's football. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that they have been – I think Pry's been very honest and candid in his uh, delivery when he talks to the media – and I think, again, I'm not in the room but or the locker room. I think that the delivery that he's given the players has been the same. Uh, so it looks like these kids have grown out and competed. And when the chips fall where they may, it looks like sometimes it's time for people to move on. So I hope everybody lands on their feet. You know, sometimes oh. kids got to, you know, they got to move down. You know, sometimes you got to move down to uh, um, a Division two or, you know, maybe not a Power 5 school to get your shot. So. I love to see I love to see kids go somewhere else and get a shot. Unless you're Hendon Hooker and you go to Tennessee and you get drafted, they show you Virginia Tech highlights. I was crying. I was so happy for the kid, but I was crying. Man, <laughs> they was showing us Virginia Tech highlights. Why they do that to us? Why they do that? I was, that? I was, I was, I was like, pain, man. He I was had enough highlights. 
He had enough highlights from Tennessee. Why we go back to the Virginia Tech highlight? Why they do that to us? Uh, uh, Sheldon, I'm assuming no shock for me with these two guys. No, I mean you're not gonna have you don't have like six quarterbacks in the room all day. Um, you figure only only a couple are gonna play. It's it's not all surprising, especially in today's day and age. So, all right, good deal. Let's flip over, stay on the offensive side of the ball, and go to the wide receiver room. And Brian. Kind of a tough one for you to swallow, man. Dylan Wright, somebody you fell in love with several years ago. Loved his route running. Uh, gone, as well as Christian Moss. Christian Moss not transferring out is what I've read, what we've heard. Uh, but he's just effectively no longer on the team. And, and we know that happens sometimes. Uh, but, I mean, that's another one of those rooms, right? There's like 14 people in there. Yes, you need to carry a lot of wide receivers, but 14 yeah. just absurd. And we talked about that a little bit last time because we we talked about all right who's going to be yep you know that that four and five you know maybe six wide receiver that steps up and then we kind of saw all right we had Tucker step up we had Stephen Gosnell step up so you know guys that were smaller players on the team last year took some big steps in the offseason on top of us bringing in three solid transfers at the position um, so guys start getting pushed down the down the line there and. Uh, you know, unfortunately for uh, for Dallin Wright, I mean, injuries kind of derailed his development. Um, and he's a guy that could never just stay healthy long enough to improve and climb the depth chart. Um, and then you got Christian Moss, who, who's kind of been banged up, not not as serious as Wright, but kind of off and on banged up throughout uh, his time as well. And, um, you know, just seemed like he couldn't kind of kind of find a spot in that new rotation. Seems like he's a guy that loves Virginia tech. If he's, if he's going to stay at Virginia tech and kind of you know, stay on um, just for, you know, have a football retirement there. But um, you know, sad to see those two go, but um, you know, it's definitely difficult when you have that many uh, mouths to feed in the receiving room. Yeah. Similar, similar uh, sentiments from me as well. It was a, uh, you know, Dylan Wright. Never really got to see him do much because of injuries. Uh, Christian Moss was kind of looking forward to him on the on the field, but um, it all comes down to what have you done for me lately? You know, what I'm saying you hate to say it that way, but when you go and you see you know Holloway uh, producing and getting better, and you see Gosnell take a next step, and you know that he's a, a a guy that can play at this at this level. I mean, he was at North Carolina, then he comes here. Um, and he has some production uh, last year, so it's you can get lost in the shuffle. And it's another thing that Frontel is bringing in. Like if you look at our uh, recruits from last year, those wide receiver recruits are are legit. You know, Aiden Green already being there and getting some praise and seeing him on the field and getting some burn. You know, it's, it's, it's deep in that position, man. And if you ain't – it's like Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. It's like it makes no good – it doesn't do you any good to be seventh or eighth on that depth chart because you're probably not playing, you know. And we're going to so, look at it, at it later, but uh, even Latrell Sutton getting behind the uh, yeah the secondary yeah. in that game, even though he yeah. didn't, didn't haul it in. But, I mean, he, he was out there showing what he can do. So, yeah. it's, it's why we're fighting, man. I think, I think all of them are competing. You know, watching this team and watching the transfers and think I think everybody's competing. So I need to see some of that competition turn to some W's in the fall. There you go. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. 
Got a couple more things to go through here. We'll hit the defensive back slash linebacker room next where we saw Jalen Hoyle, who had effectively moved from safety over to Sam during the spring. Elijah Hughes, cornerback, we'll see his – I think we got his uh, his highlight, unfortunately, up there for a little while. And Cam Johnson. Of those three, I think the first two doesn't shock anybody. I think Cam Johnson shocked everybody. But, Brian, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, you know, Sheldon, um, I hope you had a chance to listen. Brian was like, Cam Johnson didn't look good out there. He looked he was smaller. He, looked, he got worked. He looked smaller. He was still listed at 165 pounds at, right at six foot tall. He'd been in the program over a year and had no significant developments with his body. Right. That's a big thing to me. You see most guys get in within a year. They're up 15, 20 pounds. They look cut. They look ripped. They look stronger. And it wasn't that way with him. I think it shocked us because we saw him on the field and we felt like, okay, that could be something there. But now I look at that room and I'm a little worried about that room. We'll hit it in just a moment here. But, you know, anything to add to any of those three guys, any of y'all? It's like Cam Johnson from what I've seen. Um, like he had a significant injury last year, right, which was mm-hmm. during the year. He didn't have a knee injury or something. Shall he we? had some kind of injury. Yeah, I thought Cam Johnson. I thought Cam Johnson had some. I thought kind of he injury. missed. Some, I thought he missed some weeks because of of a tweak. I don't think he was out. Okay, well, I was thinking he had some kind of injury, but um, yeah, he he definitely looked small, man. And if you're if you're working on getting bigger and getting longer, he was he was small and no significant gains. So, um, kind of getting pushed around in the spring game. If you're getting pushed around in the spring game, like when we go and we play. Whoever pick somebody, yep. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not going to be good. So uh, I was surprised to see him uh, in the in the transfer portal, but I can understand why. Because I mean, again, talking about the wide receivers, DB is going to be similar. Like they're bringing in a lot of kids that are very talented. A lot of these kids already kind of have some uh, college bodies. I mean, if you go look at Mose Phillips, he is right. he can step on the field and play somewhere. Exactly. I park, but you can put him Cop, in. Cotman the same way, man. Cotman is already big. And, no, and Fleming, a, Fleming's is not even there yet. You know, yeah. Fleming's not there. There's a couple other kids that looked that part. So go ahead, Brian. I didn't mean to cut you off. You good. I, I was uh, I was just looking at it, like looking at Cam's skill set is pretty much similar to how it was when he first came in. I mean, he's good when he's in man coverage. Just follow a man, chase a man. He's fine. He gets lost in, in zone coverage. And if he's got to press against a bigger receiver, he's going to struggle too. So he's at some point we got other guys that can do these things better or at least as good. I kind of felt like, you know, the spring game was his chance to say, all right, I can lock down that fourth spot, maybe Mm -hmm. that fifth spot in that cornerback room. And he he just did not do enough to do that. And I feel like he's going to take an opportunity to see if he can be that for some other team. Um, because I just don't think he's gonna be able to do it in this room. So yep. Sheldon not as you, not as big of a shock as I thought. Sheldon, anything on his injury last year? I saw you and we said that it looked like you jumped in and did he get injured? I, I don't recall him being yeah. injured. I just looked it up. He did have an injury in October. Um, so I don't know what the extent of that was. Um obviously if you're injured, it's harder to, to put on weight. Um right. I will sure. say, given the fact that we have a nutrition center now, if you're not gaining weight with that thing in there, like that's that's a problem. I mean, like 
and we got a new strength staff. Like that's yeah, you you know you can't have that. Um, like you guys are talking about the wide receivers. I'm someone who believes that you can kind of see potential right away. Um, and I think in this situation, you know, you just didn't have any uh, any sort of production there. So um, it's not too surprising in hindsight. Obviously, there, you know, there's a lot more uh, talent that we can uh, can work with. Yep. And it's funny you mentioned like the uh, you know the weight and stuff, and it's like Mansoor came in, I think at what 165 too last year. He's up to 180 already. Like, right. yeah. like you said, like you just said, Shelton, there's that nutrition center that is literally building a plan to get the kids bigger, stronger, faster. When there's no development, okay, are you following the plan? Um, so very interesting. Um, one last piece uh, that uh, I think we, we said it. We've said it in chats. We've said it to each other on text messages. There's going to be one that we didn't see coming. I thought Cam Johnson was it. But, again, looking back, listening to what Brian and them said and then seeing the weight, it wasn't him. But, Tally, unfortunately, one of your BMFs is in the P-O-R-T-A-L. And that yes. was Kyrie Moist in the defensive end. Um, and it's a place where we need depth. Uh, I, I don't know what to say about this because he had some okay moments in the spring game. Um, so, I, you know – I'll let Tally lead on this one since that's his boy. Well, I mean, it, again, big body. Um, watching him on the field, he was a big guy. And um, I'm just going to say, when when you're moving people in positions that you need help in, hopefully you're doing that because you're bringing somebody else in. So I'm hoping that it's a uh, – I'm hoping that it's a means to an end. Yeah. And they're going, hey – we got something coming. You're gonna have to slide a little bit, and sometimes people don't want to do that. So yeah. we'll I see. Mean, it I, next saw, couple I days. saw more flashes from Burgos than I did from Moisten in terms oh, of yeah. on field stuff. Definitely on field stuff. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, Moisten's got the body that you want at that position. Right. Yeah. So it, that that's where it's going to be a loss, I think, long term. Is that you know where was his ceiling? We're not going to get to realize that, um, but, you know, based on his body type. Um, but I know with defensive end, a lot of times if if you don't flash early, you're not gonna flash. Right. We're not we're not gonna see it. So um it's really hard to kind of see if 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 he had already kind of reached more or less his ceiling um and, and he's looking for some other opportunity or, or what. But like I said, I, right. I saw a little bit more from Burgos than I did from Moiston in the spring yeah. game in terms of kind of you know that second line there. But yeah, I'm definitely with you, Tally, in that um hopefully there is a plan in place. Uh, to not only help with the depth, because obviously th- this this creates a depth problem regardless of of where Moiston was uh, in terms of you know, ceiling and ability. But right. if we can do something to raise the overall top end of that room as well, and you know, then and by default create depth downstream by some guys that may have already been in that that you know two or three role um, in the spring, that's going to be even better. All right, Brian, but we're going to get into where we feel we should add. But, Brian, did, did you get what I sent you? Yeah, I did. I did. Can you, can you pull that up real quick? This, this is actually a good test run for what we're going to do in a few minutes here with the tape. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll put it on here. Y'all need to see this, boys. Y'all need to see this. <clears throat> From our All-American true freshman defensive back, sending out a little cryptic tweet here. I've been watching LeBron. Watch it. <laughs> tweets, man. I'm telling you. Right, here it comes. This is Mansour Delane 
about 22 minutes ago, his job just got a whole lot easier. We know y'all there are a lot of people visiting right now. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to speculate names, but I'll ask y'all. He's saying his job just got easier. Where do y'all, A, where do y'all think we should add? And could this be one of those positions? Go, go, go ahead, whoever wants to lead. I mean, I'll lead. <laughs> yeah, I'll lead. If, if, if he's saying, if a cornerback is saying his job got easier, that means he's not having to cover as long as what I'm thinking That's what as I a think. football fan. Um, that means you're getting some pressure on the quarterback. So hmm. you better be bringing in some defensive line and some defensive end pressure. Hmm. Again, you got Moist in the left, and then you got uh, a cornerback saying his job got easier. He ain't talking about playing with another cornerback, I don't think. You know, no, and and, and, so, and one of those uh those those rushers was uh in uh, Blacksburg last night. So, mm-hmm. so I seen some pictures on on uh Instagram. Okay. If y'all if y'all are listening, you better start doing some detective work like we do over here. <laughs> We're throwing you some know? tea leaves at you. Throwing yeah, some tea you leaves start at you. some tea leaves. Uh, I'm not your source. I'm not gonna give you anything until something goes because I do not want to kiss a death and be burnt. Day but down. I will say. <laughs> Not just that tweet. Anybody who's a Twitter person, a tw- in the Twitterverse, there has been a lot of a lot of movement in the last hour or so from mm-hmm. the staff, and um, not not just it wasn't normal stuff. You know, it started maybe last night. I think Fontel retweeted a "This is Home" tweet from like December yeah, from Lino. You know? Lino back in yeah. December, December seventh. I'm like, what is that? But you never know, man. I will say these coaches; these coaches are working. You know, I'm excited that they are excited. So it yep. seems like they genuinely like recruiting. You know, and once we start landing a couple of these big fish, and when I say big fish, I'm just saying even if it's a person that's feeling a need for us, that's big. Doesn't have to be a four or five star, but if he's feeling the need and he's able to get in and play, that's feel that hey, that's that's big for us. So once we start putting people in places and start. Uh, letting those people produce, recruiting just gets that much easier. If you get Allie Jennings come in from ODU um, and have a great year and gets drafted, and he and he walks across there with his Virginia Tech highlights, I mean, yep, your job just gets easier. So easier and easier. Uh, okay, do y'all will y'all agree with this that defensive line is one without a doubt? With defensive line edge is one. Do y'all agree that somebody on the interior offensive line is right the second biggest or center right guard somewhere like that? Yes. And probably with Johnson leaving, obviously that fourth spot is up for grabs in the cornerback room. That we've got to get one defensive back. And it's not necessarily saying that 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 DB room is not good. That DB room is you can argue between that and the linebacker room. What's what's the what's the better of the two? The first They're three good, are very good. It's just but, there's a lot of unproven behind them. And, and right. Brian, you pointed out time and time again last year when we did recaps, we fucking got tired at the end of the games because there was nothing behind anybody. When mm-hmm. the fourth quarter came, guys were gassing the secondary because they literally had played every snap of the game because there was nothing behind them. Gotta have it, got even, it got even worse when Strong went down, obviously. Yeah, you got to have depth, man. Got to have depth, man. So – all right. uh, that's that's what we need. That's what we want. That's what helps yeah. you win football games. 
Um, and most of the time you expect to have a little bit of a drop off from your first to your second team, you know, in your rotation, it's supposed to be a little bit of a drop off. But if you can keep that drop off minimal, then you can win some football games that way. So hoping that's what we're headed to. Let's hope. Let's hope. All right. Let's hit real quick here because we've got a, we still got a lot to unload, but I want to go real quick. We got two commits. We did not discuss the first was Tyler Mason running back Mount Airy, North Carolina, three star top 20 player in the state of North Carolina per two, four, seven. I mean, I mean, it's close. I, you know, I know Mount Airy is a pretty good program down there. We're, t- we're tapping into the, uh, the, the Frank Beamer motherland. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to Trust the yeah, I'm gonna trust the staff because from me, just me watching, I watched a little bit of his film, and I did what I like to see is when I watch some film, can he come in and jump somebody who's here? You know what I'm saying? I don't watching his film, I don't know that he could. I don't know that he's better than anybody that I've seen in that room right now. But again, he's a, that was a junior film. You know, I've looked at some field and I go, wow, he can, I feel like he can play right now. So, uh, didn't really move the needle for me, but I can understand the, I can understand the taking the commitment. We have a, yeah. another one of his teammates committed as well, right? Yes, we do. We got the, we got the, the, the big six four, two hundred fifteen pounds. As soon as I said six four a couple of weeks ago, Tally, that's good enough. Right, he's <laughs> tall. That's, that's good. That's good. That's yeah, good. look at looking at Tyler Mace. I mean. They run that split veer at Mount Airy, so you know you get a you know a lot of those downhill dive runs, um, you know that veer, and you know he, he he's he's a guy that's going to get you some good yardage. He's got a little bit of wiggle, but I, I like how he finishes his runs. But he doesn't have a whole lot of like elite breakaway speed, right? Um, so I don't I don't see a lot of home runs out of him. But he's a guy that can kind of work between the tackles pretty well and get some solid yards. Yep, and like you said, it's only his junior tape. So we know how guys develop, and and there's also reasons why they're taking guys, and it maybe he ain't, you know, he ain't staying at a running back. All right, one more commit to talk about that would be Emmett Laws, six foot, two hundred and sixty pounds, and this is what I love to hear: Dematha Catholic in Hyattsville, Maryland. When you start going to get that school, and Sheldon shaking his head because he knows, right? You start getting players from Dematha says something. Elijah Brooks pays off pretty quickly. Um, and we we all said it right before we got on here tonight. He reminds us of a typical Virginia Tech defensive tackle. He just does. Yes. I mean, he, he kind of looks like a, one of the Hopkins twins clones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Does he play like out. them though? He plays like them. Give me four more like them. And <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got good motor. Um, he's, he's a guy that can, he plays bigger than his size is, so that that's always what you like to see. Um, you know whether that translates to you know, power five level, we'll see. Right. Um, but I, I like the way he uh, kind of gets in the lane and uh, creates a little bit of havoc there. Um, could probably work on his hands a little bit, but that's pretty much every high school defensive lineman that you look at. So good to get in that school. Good to get in that school. That's all I say. You know, the math of high school. I mean, we had, what that's where I would love it from too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you know, 
again, the relationships is what pays off, man. You know what I mean? Because if you are where we are and you take a chance on some of these kids, especially now that the transfer portal is how it is, it's like you take this kid, he doesn't work out, there's a transfer portal, you know? No, no, no harm, no foul. It didn't work. We bring somebody else in. You go find you somewhere else to go. Uh, not saying that's gonna happen with this kid, but I'm just saying, with a school like that, if you take a player from there every year, one year you're gonna hit a big player. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna get a big player, whether it's they just are underrated and you develop them well, or they're just high rated and they come in and produce. So yeah, you keep taking them out the kids. Why not? All the time, all the time. And Sheldon, anything on any of these guys before we uh, move over to your segment, sir? No, I got nothing other than uh, let's get that uh, that DMV pipeline going. I mean, we yeah. tried it with basketball. We got – Mike Jones got, you know, rice, obviously. But uh, if we can get a DMV pipeline, I think that's uh, that's pretty good. Excellent, excellent. Well, let's flip it over to you, man. You have uh, kind of did some diving into the spring game statistics, and you want to talk about a few things. So – Sheldon, the floor is yours. Yeah, so just, um, you know, not too much here, but I think the biggest thing I noticed for this year's spring game was mainly the anchor explosive plays. Obviously, last year's spring game uh, was pretty rough on the offensive side, which was a, a pretty big foreshadower of uh, the ensuing offensive season for us. Um, but you look at the data, the Maroon team had 16 plays of 10-plus yards, and uh, five plays of 20 more yards. Um, it wasn't quite as good as the white team, but they still have nine of 10 plus yards. Um, so a lot more explosive plays, obviously with, uh, you know, Bayshaw checking back. I really like his ability to uh, make guys miss in space. Um, he's got some good cutback ability as well. Um, I noticed that, you know, they were getting some swing passes early in the game to kind of, you know, get guys out, uh, you know, east and, uh, you know, uh, get them ball in space, which was uh, pretty good. Um, Taquan Felton, he's got some burst. I noticed that uh, watching the game. And then Bryce Duke as well. Um, he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. I think our average last year for rushing was 3.1. Uh, so that does include sacks. It might be a little bit higher. But, um, you know, that's that's pretty rough. Um, I think last year, you know, I, don't, I haven't checked our explosive plays numbers from last year. My assumption is they were not great. Um, probably not as bad as our success rate overall was. But um, but you can immediately tell, like, this team has more playmakers. Um, and I think if they can get at least, you know, those those 10-plus, 20-plus yards, that's going to go a long way to uh, helping sustain drives because you can't really rely on this team, I think, at this juncture, based on the offensive line. You can't really rely on them to create, like, you know, 12, 14-play drives. That's just not – like, I don't think they do with the offensive line the way it is right now. So if you can kind of get those big plays to kind of, um, you know, uh, lessen how many plays you have to score – that's going to, that's going to be big time. Yeah. When we were looking at it, um, you know, me and Tally were there at the game. I mean, we saw consistently more offensive movement, especially obviously on the maroon side. Um, but you know, for the white side, if, if drones wasn't getting sacked, they were moving the ball. It was just drones was getting sacked and they couldn't run the ball because that offensive line was, there was such a discrepancy between the white offensive line compared to the maroon offensive line. Um, but you know, when, when they had time, you know, they, they were making some things happen in the passing game. Um, it, it's nice to see more, you know, you talked about the explosive, explosive plays. plays. We didn't see those kind of intermediate, those 15 to 20, 25 yard gains a whole lot last year. It was either a whole lot of dink and dunk and then the occasional deep ball to Caleb Smith that would go for you know, 
40 or 50 yards, but there wasn't those consistent plays that kind of get you down the field quick. Yeah. Where where you can kind of mix in the running game one or two times and all of a sudden you get a 15 or 20 yard game. Now you're back in. in Well, if we talk about it, if we talk about it too much, we'll get Curtis back on his soapbox. Um, You can't, in the format that we had the spring game, it's so hard because we don't have a deep team, no. you know, and you can't see everybody um, do what they can do for real. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's just – you just don't have enough. So, um, again, spring game, we got to go back to it. I know Curtis could run a whole segment on what we <laughs> might can do a little bit different. Yes. But it's like that's why we that's why we get ready for the season. Because once you see all of the playmakers on – offensive side of the ball on the offense it looks like we are in a much better position than we were last year again i don't know where that falls into the season but i know that we're better than we were last year on offense and i know that we have uh people that they're going to have to game plan for go ahead it's what shelton just said though the amount of explosive play a explosive plays most people think explosive plays they think 25 30 yards Mm-hmm. Thank you for categorizing that, Sheldon, and saying it's 10-plus is considered an explosive play. Right. But it's not only – listen, Marine's numbers are great. The white numbers, though, you said 10, right, or nine plays of 10 yards or more. Yeah, so we had nine plays of 10-plus yards for the uh, white team. And think how bad that offensive line was. Right. And think of – and then everybody go mentally last year to the white team. They're Nothing. 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 I mean, nothing. Yeah. So what you're saying is if we're kind of doing like a comparative analysis, the season, the spring game last year, everything has taken a very, very good step up, regardless, regardless. Um, you you know, if, you, if you're able to find that stat, what our explosive plays were last year, there weren't many. There weren't many. Like, like, you, like Brian said, it was either dink and dunk, occasionally we'd hit a shot. But you can't win games like that. You can't. Mm-hmm. And by, by Sheldon giving us this info about having, you know, over 15-plus plays combined on both sides of 10-plus yards and having five of 20-plus yards, that just tells you that the needle is moving better for the offense. I'm not concerned about the defense. I'm not. Well, people are like, well, they gave it up. and like, But you know what? I saw this defense last year keep us in games. Keep us in games. A a competent offense wins three of those games. I know Tally, you said no, was it Tally? Which one of y'all texted me that said state was an anomaly? Brian, I said state I, I said state was an anomaly. Bullshit, Brian. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. <laughs> if we Get had a decent head. offense because their defense or their offense was so hampered by having their injuries, if we had any semblance of an offense, we win that game too. And you got to understand. I don't know if I mean they they were pretty bad off that game. They but were. if you go back and look at if you go back and look at our offensive production that game, it was nothing in the first half. It was it literally was, a nine was, minute stretch in the third quarter. Yeah, it was nothing in the first half, and then we came out and we hit right with like a tight end mm-hmm. drag or something, like first play of the third quarter, and it's like, okay, we got something. So yeah, Brian, go to hell. We would have won that game. We good. (laughs) Sean, what else you got for us? Anything else you noticed? Any other data you've been able to pull in the last few weeks? Um, Data too much. I would say, um, well, a couple things. Uh, The sex 
not great. I think we had a 60% sack rate as a team. Ideally, you'd like to get that below, uh, you know, 10%, maybe 8%. Um, so that can be uh, fixed. And then um, I will also say, you guys are going to talk about this in the, when we go over the clips. But uh, guys, now I thought his route running was was very very good. Um, yes. You know, he's very crisp the way the way he stems his routes and and makes sharp like that. Route running goes a long way in terms of generating separation. We combine that with good passing concepts. Um, you know, you can get guys open. So it's not just about the speed or the athleticism. It's how do you how do you attack the deep? How do you, how do you run your routes? And I thought guys now did a really good job. I hate to be that guy, but I gotta say it. You got a white wide receiver. That's a great route runner. I was in there. Exactly. I mean, hey, Wes Welker. That's kind of <laughs> what I'm looking at in like, you know. He had some good routes, man. Even on some of the plays that he didn't the ball wasn't thrown to him. He had a like he showed a route tree. You know, it wasn't just a go. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like he really did. He he really was running crisp routes. So um and like Sean said, he did a good job of influencing the the guys in the secondary to yes. so he could create that separation. And that's going to be big yep. for us because that's what we struggled with a lot last year was was separation full stop. And we have so many. I mean, I feel like in the passing game, of course, we got to get this offensive line right. But in the passing game, I feel like we have so many different weapons to use. We have some deep, deep stretch the field type guys. We have some intermediate type guys. We have some possession receivers. We have a couple of tight ends that can be mismatches and catch the ball. We have some blocking tight ends. This is some stuff that could get fun, man. You know what I'm saying? We can look at this thing as uh, half empty or half full. I'm always a half full type guy. Um, and I and I, offense, man, watching the stagnant offense that we had last year and just seeing what I've seen so far, it's like I'm excited. How can you not be excited? I'm, I'm going to say this now before I kick it over to break. The way the team has been restructured offensively is this is this is Tyler Bowen. If we improve significantly based on what we've done in the offseason, the wide receiver room, the quarterback room, potentially improving the offensive line maybe in the next couple weeks here, it's his show. If we still Dave. rank it, if we still rank it one hundred or below without seeing significant improvement with our eyes. His seat's gonna be absolutely doused with gas and lit. <laughs> yeah. All right. With saying that, before we get into the tape, because we got 19 plays to show y'all, we are gonna take a quick pause from our digital partners. As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Are you tired of the stress and uncertainty of buying a used truck? AutoStageReports.com is here to help. AutoStageReports.com's platform provides detailed vehicle history report to help you make an informed decision. For a limited time only, you can start your seven-day trial for just $1 and search up to 50 vehicles in one month. Don't miss out on this amazing offer. Head to AutoStageReports.com slash Boundary Corner to start your free trial today. Again, go to AutoStageReports.com slash Boundary Corner to start your free trial today. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And big thanks to AutoSage for sponsoring this portion of the episode. Be sure to visit AutoSageReports.com backslash Boundary Corner or scan the QR code you'll see on your screen. Brian, show's yours, buddy. It's time. It's Hold time. on, before, before we turn it over to Brian, Brian, you get yourself ready. We got to give a shout out to our good buddy, Justin Smith. He had a couple things to say on Twitter this week. I think he said <laughs> another podcast was the only VT podcast you need to listen to. Hey, I love those guys. Them motherfuckers ain't watching film. We about to break film down, Justin. What you got to say now? We got a fucking analyst. What? Let me see. That way, we got a fucking analyst sitting right here, man. <laughs> hey, we breaking tape down over here. Justin, get your ass in here, and we're going to show you how the coaches do this thing. We love Justin, though. That's my guy. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. All right. We good. We good. We good. We good I, I like now. That. I like that. I, li- I like the way you set that up. All right. Getting the tape ready here, guys. So the first play we're looking at, and let me get this shared here. Well, first thing we're going to look at is – I'm going to set it up while Brian's pulling it up. Effectively, the first four plays we're going to be looking at here are run plays and basically how we look like dog crap last year to this year. Well, just what we saw at the game itself, overall, run game looks better. So let's start with play one, Brian. Yeah, so play one we got here. Coming out, we got shotgun trips right. You're going to see a uh, little read option. Uh, we're going to see Bryce Duke with a long run here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play it here. We'll look at it one time, and then we'll run back through it slow. Right there. Got a little a wiggle little, to him. A little wiggle. A little wiggle. Well, I, like I like that. All right, we'll run it back. Let's look at, let's look at some of the blocking here. This is, this is the maroon line. So you got Parker, Schick. Smash Brothers and Brody Meadows, along with uh, I think that's is that Cole Pickett, yeah, Cole Pickett on the bottom there, yeah. And I mean, what you like to see here, you get some you get some good double teams in the middle, get some movement. You see Parker getting up to the uh, the next level here, gonna wall off that mic, and I like the angle that that Bryce takes here. He gets really tight uh, to where to where the uh, the line to where the push is before bending it back, that gives them the opportunity to get past that, uh, that DN that's kind of slow playing uh, the zone read here. And I mean, good, good, good job. I'd be mean, very elusive at the second level. He's running by some guys, guys here, really good move against Jalen Jones in the open field and then finishes run pretty good here. Nice little finish there. Doesn't pretty big his, run. Good run. Good wiggle. And, he did what you're supposed to do, right? There's yep. one guy. Beat that guy. It was the edge and it was the outside linebacker crashing. Beat him. And I like what you said, how he got tight. He was literally on, I think that was, he was on Bob Schick's ass. Yeah. He was literally on Bob Schick's ass. 
Yeah, and that, uh, that's what you got to do there because the way they were slow played, like some some defensive ends will attack the mesh point. Um, you know, some depending on who the quarterback is will automatically crash down. They want to take away the run, make the less athletic uh, of the two uh, backs they are keeping. In this case, it would be the quarterback. In this case, they were slow playing it, um, kind of making the quarterback make a decision there. Good choice to to give it and a good run there by Bryce Duke. All right. All right. So what we got from a second play here? Yeah. So second play, I'm I'm pulling up now here. Let's uh, take a look. This is a little closer to the goal line. This is in towards the end of the first quarter. We already got two on the board. Trying to punch it in a third one. Um, shotgun double wing. Uh, we got a split zone. Uh, Chance Black for the score here. Um, this is a really good run. So I'm gonna play it through one time and let you guys look at it. We do not have it up on the screen. Hang on. Let's try it again. Here we go. Run it back here. Good move there in the hole again. Kind of similar to what we just saw with uh, with Bryce Duke on the, uh, the safety coming up to fill. We had a good kick out here. Um, by Benji, Benji Gosnell mm-hmm. on uh, on Cole Nelson. Tight end cleaning up. Yep. 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 We got some solid double teams yep. right here and right here. Watch the run, though, by Black. Watch it right. He's in the hole. He doesn't go straight at the guy. He cuts right there. Yep. Yeah. He sets that up a little bit. He, he sets, sets that, that up. up. Got that plant step. And I, like I have been told, again. I was told today, Chance Black sucks at everything. Just y'all know. <laughs> I, I ain't I mentioning red at all, but. <laughs> oh, oh, we named names. We naming names. I said red. Red okay, name. We, we, we naming handles. <laughs> <laughs> I like the finish, though. I like the finish because, I mean, he, yeah. he kind of gets some contact there at the five and he, he, he drags them in there. What is that split zone concept? Go back. If we can peek at it real quick. And, and is that, is that Johnson? Is Johnson 12? Uh, yes, Johnson is 12. Jesus Christ. Yep. That's him right there. Once again, he's he's was small. Very small. Very small. He just got ran over. But go back to the – go back to the – oh, shoot, you already dropped it. I'm good. I was going to go, go back to where effectively I'll, I'll tell you when, just so you can. All right, right there. Okay, there's your split zone concept. Brian has mentioned several times. Explain what that is, Brian, because we're seeing it's basically they're doing this. Yeah, this. what a split zone does is you're you're blocking back um, against the guy you would normally read in a, in, a, in the read option. So instead of leaving him unblacked, you're actually kicking him out with the tight end coming across the formation, which essentially changes the uh, the gaps for the defense, so it can create some confusion with that. Because you got a guy that you were accounting for over here moving all the way across the formation. Um, and again, we get did, did some good jobs there with the kick, and then, like I said, good double teams on both of the interior guys, and um, you know, you got 
uh, more Caden Moore over there, kind of getting a good block with Schick, and then kind of getting up there and walling off that backer. Mm-hmm. Backer safe. got in there again. I don't know for sure um, what our offense was doing last year. I don't even want to go back and try to watch it, but I think the concept of what Joe Rudolph may have wanted to do was more downhill running. You know, line up big on big. My guy's better than your guy. Let's push you <laughs> down. And we fucking weren't better than their guys. Uh-uh. And you ain't pushing the ball. So even if you look at that play and it doesn't go for a touchdown right there, if you can get three yards on a first and ten or on any running play, mm-hmm. that's that's good. Which we were like, we hardly could do last year. So I think that the the blocking that they have started doing some of the zone blocking that we were doing that Crooks brought in and maybe the way that the offense is going, is definitely going to see us back to what Sheldon say, have a little bit more explosive plays. So uh, I'm excited about that. That's what we need for sure. And talk about explosive plays. Here's one of those that Sheldon was talking about. Um, We got uh, on this one, we got uh, shotgun Y off trio. So we got trips here with the Y and, uh, it's just power. We're going to see power here. And uh, it's Chance Black showing good patience and reading his blocks and then kind of exploding outside and getting a big game for us. So I'm going to run it through and let y'all look at it. Back that up. That thing's buffering at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's doing that. And I mean, what you're seeing here, um, so this is supposed to be the guard kicking and the, the H kind of wrapping in the hole. That's the design. Um, but because the defensive end is crashing here, you're going to see the guard kind of roll up and take that defensive end. And that means that the angle for the H has to be kind of a little bit tighter. He gets just enough and then Black, really good job being patient there letting uh, Tisdale get caught in the trash a little bit and then bouncing out and getting another strong, big run. It looked like he had a good stock block out there, too. Yeah, yeah right there. Yeah. Big time. Got to turn around. The sudden blocking, I can't, I can't tell who's on defense. Defense, y'all better get your shot. That's, that's Ben Zor. That's the lane getting on right there. Yeah. Defense, you better get your shit together. Maybe that's why he said his job getting a little bit easier. Exactly. Keep some of them people off of him. Why y'all need to get your shit together? Y'all wasn't doing shit. <laughs> hey Brian, can I can I ask? I'm assuming 34 is Tisdale. Could he have taken a better angle there? So looking here, I mean, he kind of gets caught up with McDonald here, um, and McDonald, I think, should have went a little bit wider here, and it make it makes Tisdale's problem a little bit job a little bit harder but i think if he sees where mcdonald is he should know that now he's going to need to be responsible for for the edge and he doesn't get out there enough and unfortunately that gives black a lot of room to to get outside there um it looks like neither of them really knew what they were doing here uh, <laughs> if i'm being honest um mcdonald doesn't really do a good job of kind of he's in this case he's supposed to be kind of wrong arming the um the puller and and keeping outside leverage he does a piss poor job of doing that so 
Okay. And that makes Tisdale's job a lot harder to kind of get over the top and scrape. Yeah. I would still say, even though the play design, even if they had defended it perfectly, that is still likely three, four yard gain. If they right. defend it perfectly, unless somebody absolutely shoots. Like McDonald's a, at the pylon and he's coming behind him. You're likely getting out here, probably getting to the 45. And that's those plays that you need, right? I mean, yeah. this is great. Explosive plays are great, right? We need more of them. But we still need the four and five yarders because of the next play Brian's about to show. If we can do this on third and short every year or third and short during the year, there's going to be a lot of W's in the win column. There's going to be a lot of uh, numbers in the W column, excuse me. All right. Because this is like – One of those metaphors. <laughs> one of those metaphors. Y'all got what I'm saying. <clears throat> but to me, this was like – when I first – I remember seeing this play in the game and then Brian showing me the tape on like, this is like the play. This is third and one. This is what we didn't do well last year at all in the running game. We could not convert to year. save our ass last year. But on this one, watch the play the- four, we got shotgun doubles, wing tight. Uh, you're just going to see another split zone here in the short yardage. Um, and solid, successful convert. I mean, this is not a flashy play. Uh, and, and this is kind of you know what we kind of do with this a little bit is that, you know, I'm not, we're not just going to show you the big plays. We got to show some of these things that show improvement and show that there is a little bit of light here. So I'll let it run through one time and then we'll, we'll take it a little bit slower. You know, just a solid, you know, four or five yard gain there, but you know, a lot of good things here that we didn't necessarily see a lot of last year. Um, struggled in short yardage. Parker picks up the blitzer here. He recognizes uh, there's probably a check here, but uh, watch him pick up the blitzer coming off the edge. Picks that up there. That play doesn't really do anything if you don't get that block. Good kick by Benji again coming across the formation, kicking Nelson out again. And then let's look at the solid. The look at the solid double team here with uh, with Brody Meadows and uh, and Braylon Moore. That's what kind of creates that lane for them. They eat up Pollard. Probably gets about three or four yards off the ball. He got a little nice window there to run through. Makes Benji's job a whole lot easier. He doesn't have to move Cole away there because you get the hole opening up with the double team, which is what you actually want. I mean, the kick is nice. The kick is solid, but it's the double team that really kind of opens that thing up. I mean, and, and that's the plays you've got to have. That's yeah, the plays like I said, it's, it's not sexy, but it's, it's, it's the plays that keep drives going. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I think overall we see this, and, and, and it's a lot of maroon. But, again, with maroon, we were pretty much playing with the first-team offensive line. Yeah. So, that makes you feel good. Again, I feel even better about Brody being the two deep because I still think the stuff we saw on Chaplin last year, if that guy's taking growth and I'm, you know, from what we've heard, from what we've heard inside spring practice – is he was getting there. He's getting there. And as big and as physical he is as he is, I think it's going to be crazy. Let's get to some other stuff, Brian. What do you want to talk about next? All right, so we moved on from the running game. Pretty much everything from here forward is going to be something different than, than just straight rushes. Um, what we're looking at here is uh, 
showing some improvement from Wells, um, both from just delivering the ball to recognition. So that's what we're going to look at now. Um, first play here, I'll just let it kind of go through. We're looking at uh, shotgun doubles wing. Uh, it's going to be a kind of a five-step deep out. Um, this is going to show Wells delivering a, a very timely throw to Gosnell and, again, showing off some of Gosnell's route running that Shelton was talking about earlier. Like I say, very good route by uh, by Gosnell against Delane there. So you know it's a solid solid cover, um, accurate ball delivered right out of the break. What's that like pocket they got from my boy? It was definitely giving them a little room to throw that thing. Now it could have been me too, a little bit of my bias. Looked like they did not send as much pressure, and maybe the white team just didn't have the, the horses to do it. But they didn't send as much pressure on the white team as the maroon team. Just what I see. Yeah, Meaning I think you're right. The white team's defense didn't pressure the quarterback as much as the maroon's team's defense did. Yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. Um, it, it was definitely some imbalance there in terms of the calls. and I mean, obviously you got two different people calling um, each side there, so there could be just – those are the differences there. All right, let's move on to play six. Let me get that pulled up here. All right. All right, so for play six, we got trips wing, tight right. This is going to be kind of a seam attack uh, in the passing game. Um, and this is going to be a free play. So Wells recognizes the free play, uh, throws a back shoulder fade up there to Tucker Holloway. So let's go and run that through. Let's take a look at it. And we'll see a few things here. Obviously, Wells recognizes right away he's got a free play. We see, uh, I can't tell who that is. It jumps off sides on the end there, but defensive end up to, at the top jumps off sides. So he's got a free play. <clears throat> and we got a seam attack on this side at the bottom. And then we got uh, Tolloway running the fade at the top. Johnson got lost. Yep. <clears throat> he got turned around. He got turned around. But, I mean, the ball's placed at a pretty good spot. Yep. Kind of back shoulder. You like to see it maybe a little bit more outside, but he's got a free play. He took the shot that's going to get him probably the most yards, safest play as well here. So, I like the decision, and I think, you know, that shows a little bit of growth from last year, I think, for Wells. Right. Um, didn't panic in the situation, made the right throw, especially since it's it's fourth and four. He knows he's got a first down regardless. So just, just a good situational aware play. And we'll move on to play seven here as I get that pulled up. Now, Brian, or while you're pulling that up, is yep. what we've seen here, are these – is this just like RPO, Moorhead – basic plays or is this a little bit sprinkled on something else? Um, I mean, these are still kind of similar route concepts to what more runs Morehead runs. There's a, you know, a few things here or there that are different. Um, but I mean, these are typical Morehead styled play calls. Um, definitely seeing scheme wise. We're going to get to that next. Um, okay. A lot more. Um, 
concepts from Moorhead in this version of the offense than what we saw, I think, at really any point um, last year. Okay. I mean, I think we're just looking at these plays, too, as you run this one and we watch it here. <coughs> Wells. Yeah, and and let before I get into into that, I mean, let's let's talk about the Moorhead RPO concepts in general, right? So, um, you know, we hear RPO get thrown out there a lot. Um, we know kind of what it is, but in the Moorhead system, there's kind of steps that are taken uh, the quarterback takes to know whether he's throwing it, giving it, uh, or or some combination of that. And the first thing he's looking for is that is there a free access throw? Is there an alert throw? where he can just get it out there and get some free yardage. That's what you're looking for first. So if, if, if the answer to that is yes, then you're going to throw that. If not, you're going to move to the next step. Next step, do, is there box or pressure issues? Is the box overloaded? Is there uh, some somebody showing blitz pre-snap that could create some, some issues for you? If the answer is yes, you're going to go ahead and make a check to pass protection, and you're going to throw the pass uh, in that RPO uh, call. If the answer is no, you're going to move to the next step. Then you're going to ID the re-defender pre-snap and determine if they can make the tackle on the ball carrier at or near the line of scrimmage. So if the guy that you're reading, typically in in like a 4-3 defense that we're looking at here, that's going to be the outside linebacker to the, the throw side. Um, if that guy can come up and make a play near or at the line of scrimmage, then you're not going to, you're going to, you're going to go with the pass. Um, so if the answer is yes, you're going to make a perimeter throw or a pitch, whichever the play call is. And if he's kind of outside the box, he's playing that pass leverage, then you're going to go with that middle run or dive. So that's kind of the progressions that you go through pre-snap. And then obviously you're still also reading that, that read man uh, during the, the mesh point um, at the start of the play. So that, that's kind of what, you, what what the progressions are for the quarterback in terms of the run-pass option in the Moorhead system. Okay. So let's start with this play here. Um, shotgun trips left. Uh, we're going to see a bubble RPO. Um, this is going to be Wells. Um, he's going to fake the – you know, show the dive there. He's going to get it out to his uh, slot receiver there, Berkey. Um you know, you can see here if you watch, it's really on a one, you know one or two person route here. So that that's typical of RPOs. You usually have pretty much everybody blocking, except for one or two uh, routes within the concept, and then obviously the running back carrying out the run fake or run, depending on what the what the decision there is. But I'll let it play first, and so we can look at it some more. First down. Yep, and I like the design here. That um, was moving. Yeah, inside run action. You're reading McDonald here. Uh, you'll see he's right at the edge of the box. He's not playing leverage on the slot. So that means that that's, that's where they're going to look. Um, and it kind of puts those edge and spill defenders in conflict here because McDonald comes up on that run fake. And obviously with this one, you've got, you know, Wells who can take off two in this concept. So you kind of got if, if, uh, if McDonald chases the slot after the fake wells can keep it and get up the alley but since mcdonald comes up he's going to make the throw and you already got your receivers out here to the trip side blocking uh the the, the two corner or the corner in the sam here so just a good concept um you know and well executed here so 
nothing to really complain about with that. That's just a good, that's just a good play. Yeah, really, really good scheme, and that, that's kind of what we're going to talk about here. Is kind of going through these scheme concepts and seeing how Tyler Bowen is doing a good job of getting guys in positions to to make some plays in the passing game. And I think the other piece about that, and I mean, Tally, you mentioned it, and Sean, you might have mentioned it too in the past. The there we saw nothing but fastballs. It felt like from Grant <laughs> last year. That you can't make the fastball throw there. He threw that accurate. He put some touch on it. He made 49's job easy catch right around that corner. All right. Yep. All right. So we got we we seen the white team on offense now, guys. <gasps> white team on offense. And uh this is a this is another RPO concept. Um we got shotgun Y off trips left. And we're looking at a RPO kind of three-step dig. And this is going to be drones to Felton connection. So that's something that we're going to look forward to potentially seeing a whole lot of in the future. <laughs> Please. All right. So, so right away, if we look here, we got this backer. He's showing blitz. He's up in the box. So right away, pre-snap, that's going to be a shift in the protection. And you're probably going to throw it to the, to the primary outside around here, which is going to be Felton um, running a dig. Let me actually run it through first, and then I'll, I'll play it back in slow. I own it. There's that explosive play Sheldon's been talking about. Yep, another explosive play. And uh, and I like the way this is thrown on time. Drones does a good job of carrying out the fate, getting his feet set, delivering it to Felton. And Felton, good, good hands, and then running through contact there to get some bonus yards for us. All right. And the protection <clears throat> it wasn't awful. That's about the best I can say about the white right. offensive line. In this case, the protection Especially wasn't compared awful. compared to what it had been. Yeah, I mean, you still have the defensive end flying off the edge there because, you know, we, they couldn't decide if they are going to pick up the blitzer or the, uh, or the down lineman there, so they picked up nobody. 70 fucking nine. Get your shit together. I tell you – when offensive linemen are, are thinking too much, they're like, who, who am I going to get? They always get nobody. Anytime right. you're thinking that much, you're not going to block anybody. Right. All right, so we're going to move on to the next one here. Let me get that pulled up, Curtis. I'll let you uh, wax poetic while I'm getting ready. Well, this, is a fun, mean, this is a fun this, one. This was the fun one, and we've seen him already, and um... – I put honorable mention of MVP of the game was got Benji guys. Now that was the guy I was, I love the most. And you already saw him with the block tally has already complimented his blocking on some of those wraps, just basically stalemating people or wiping people out. This was the big one. And this was, this is why I'm saying when Gallo leaves or maybe even this year in general, Gosnell and Daquan, right? Yeah, legit for sure. Very legit. Very legit. Um, I love the concept of this because we've already seen, you know, we've talked about, you know, they've thrown swings here early in the game. Shelton talked about, you know, the first play was a swing pass out to Tudin. 
uh, made it, made uh, Jalen Jones miss in space, got a pretty good game to start things off. We've seen the swing pass a couple other times. Um, and now they've already set that up, and now we get this play here. We got shot, shotgun wide trips left. Um, this is a swing motion tight end angle. So they sh- they're going to show the swing motion with the running back. And the tight end, in this case, Benji Gosnell, is going to show block, and then he's going to kind of escape on an angle route towards the middle of the field. I'll let it run here. Unfortunately, don't get a good angle there on the on the the, the running back motion. Well, y'all saw this live though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw this live. So you can see the running back right here <clears throat> had went in motion and then kind of flared out for the bubble. Um, Benji was here. He kind of set up like he was going to block the uh, the Sam. You can see a little bit here. Set up like he's blocking the Sam. Then he angled inside there. And right to the middle of the field, just a perfect play call against that defense. Got the head around for him. Yep. And made Got the head around. Like, and then, yep. and then, and then like made a guy miss in space. Contact. Yep. Good to see Benjamin just running, man. You know, he's had two big injuries, so to see him just playing football is good. Yep. Happy for him. But, again, great concept here. Good ball by Wells. Um, nothing really to – to complain about here and like i said from a scheme concept really really good scheme go back just a hair because you talk about the scheme on that concept just i'll tell you when to pause because this is this is what i notice and again i'm the casual here pause it not yet let it go a little further let it get further into the play right there pause it even if jenkins goes with him perfectly Look at that. Look how wide open in the amount of space. And I don't know if that's Basil Tudin or somebody or Black or Duke. Look at that space. There is no one within 12 yards of him. Mm -hmm. Well, this is also showing you how when you attack laterally, you can set things up in the middle of the field. You stretch the defense out, and then you exploit them in the middle. So for the people, too, who know Go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Just to add, you mentioned attacking the middle. I could add to that a little bit. So I do have a kind of a, a niche stat for you. Uh, Fuentes last year here, 2021, if you look at percentage of passes thrown uh, between the numbers, uh, one to 19 yards downfield. So basically like, you know, from where the, you know, the 40 is marked, like one to 19 yards downfield, what you would call an intermediate pass. We ranked, yep. I think, 129th out of 130 FBS teams. So basically, in the last couple of years of Fuente, we never, ever threw the ball over the middle. Like, you didn't see a lot of, you know, RPO slants or any stuff. As you said, the reason that you want to do that is just to keep defenses honest so that they can't just, you know, the linebackers um, can't just ignore that part of the field. So I like what we're seeing here from, uh, you know, from Bowen. So RPOs, slants, all that stuff to try to target the middle of the field because that just didn't happen under Fuente the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and and you're not the first person to bitch about this on that program on this program because man, did I bitch about not attacking the middle of the field for at least three years? At least three years. Yeah, oh, it was man. it was bad. Uh, it was it was real bad. Well, we talk right. about on here the layups a lot of times. Some of these plays are not like super. Nope. Like fancy, you know what I'm saying? You just like Sheldon just said, like Brian said. Sometimes you just got to take the layups. If the middle of the field is open, put the ball there. 
you know, have a player there. And we just sometimes like we haven't done that, especially not with Fuente was here. Like it was like they were so set. And the more we found out was they were like one read, throw the ball to that receiver. And if that receiver ain't open, you run it. Like, come on. Yeah. Now, to be fair, like, I think um, in order to throw the ball over the middle, you do have to have a strong arm quarterback um, yeah. who can make reads. And obviously, Braxton Burmeister was not that. Uh, but at the same time, again, you have to, you can't just like completely ignore it because if you do, then like the linebackers just aren't going to respect that part of the field and they can, they can cheat over. So. Oh, oh man, we got a we got a white team showing here again. White nice. team back, white team back. Yeah, well, we got let's go back to what Sheldon said. White team, even though they put zero points on the board, they did have some good drives and some very good plays. Again, mm-hmm. we compare last year to this year, they actually did something. So, what's this one, Brian? Yeah, so this is uh, we're actually going to start looking at the next few plays are going to be kind of highlighting some of the the good plays from some, some from some of the newcomers here. So. First play here is shotgun Y off trips right. You're looking at a uh, an RPO kind of three step slant. Um, we're going drones to Felden in very tight coverage by uh, Dorian Strong here. Just a solid play and something like Sheldon said that we didn't see a lot uh, under the previous regime or really a whole lot last year. Uh, kind of full stop. So I'll let it run first and then we'll look at it more. Boom. Number 18 is a freshman, y'all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And that he is hitting a big and man. Felt, and, felt, and Felton is a big dude. Big dude. <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's a whole lot of man coming at wide receiver there. Um, you know, pre-snap, you see we got a bit, we got a heavy box here. So this is going to be pretty much a default pass play all the way, um, you know, based on the Moorhead rules there. Uh, very accurate throw and tight coverage from drones here. Um, and also probably some of the best protection he'd gotten to that point. I was just about to say that, Brian. Like, <sighs> again, Drones did not have a good day, so I'm not advocating for him on that. But his his pocket was so nasty the whole game. This was one of the cleaner pockets that he had. Um, and you can see he has some skill uh, being able to deliver that ball in tight coverage. Well, his best plays are play action three-step drops, which tells me that He's working on influencing the linebackers and getting the ball in his hands quick because he did not have time to get a five-step drop in there and sit in the pocket. Mm -hmm. But, again, this is probably the best that line looked. Again, you get some run action there. Actually, a good job of the – was that the guard over here peeling off and uh, and picking up number 41 there to to, to kind of finish things off. And, again, that's a good ball in very tight coverage by Strong. Strong hands by Felton. Strong, yeah. Yeah, strong hands by Felton to pull it in and then, you know, finishes the run by running through the safety. That's another two yards after you, you you know, you would be stopped. That makes a difference in a game when you're falling forward. Yep, and like, and felt, I think Felton, as far as the newcomers, probably had the best game um, from a wide receiver standpoint, so... (laughs) Um, he went out there and kind of hung his nuts a little bit, especially as as that uh, second quarter ran down. He had some some good run there. Um, I, again, I like the concept. Again, we're, we're looking at more RPO. We've seen you know a lot of RPO elements in the in this little short short number of clips we've looked at so far. So another thing too to highlight is that 
like you got to be a lot of wide receivers do not want to go over the middle. We've had a lot of thin wide receivers. Like we loved uh, Trey. <laughs> Trey was very thin, you know, when he was a wide receiver here. And last year just was what it was. But to have a wide receiver that can go over the middle and get some catches there is going to be big for us because that's a possession type play. Yep. And the next one we got here, we got the we got shotgun spread flex right. Uh, this is just going to be a swing pass. Uh, and what I like here is something we didn't see last year. Hopefully we see Wells improve on this. But this is a good uh, good example of drones having some really good touch on a ball, some of those short routes. I love the way he gives Thomas an op- a, a great opportunity to get upfield and get some good yardage on this. So I'll run it through and we can watch it. Nice touch. Pretty good blocking out there on the outside. Yep. Yep. At least nice. giving him somewhere to go. Yeah. He had, to, he had to put a good touch on that pass because of the pressure on that side. Yep. yep. So you got pressure coming off the edge. Good pickup. Well, good pickup by one player on the on the right there, but not a great pickup by – so here's what it looks like to me. You know, the freshman. <laughs> talking about. That was Ganam right there. That was your true freshman just completely whiffing. So something happened because – Ganam's acting like he got a fan call and nobody else is fanning. <laughs> so so Ganam's he's kicking out to get the the blitzer, but he just lets the, lets the down man just run by him, free run to the quarterback, right to the quarterback. But but give but again, look at Drone in his face. He doesn't fire it, touches it. Just yeah, get the ball where yeah, Malachi I mean, can run. That de- definitely shows some poise there to kind of get a a good ball on there. And uh, Doesn't break put put enough arc on it to where the uh, the blitzer can't kind of jump up and get his hands on it. Puts it right where it needs to be for Thomas to catch and run. I mean, a whole lot to like about that play, even though it's only about a, play. you know nine yard gain there, nine ten yard gain. But I mean, it's moving the sticks and, and giving us another opportunity to, to to put some points on the board. So, yeah, blocking by felt. We need we need more of that this year. I have a feeling just looking at Felton. I think Felton <clears throat> likes to block. I, I, think, I mean, I mean, seriously, watching that play, like it looks like he enjoyed it. Yeah, There's some the that just, he's got the body for it. And sometimes that's it. Um, this is one of my. The next one's just one of my favorite passes by drones. Because there ain't many people can do this shit right here. Yeah, and this this is a big one. So we got. Uh, this play here, shotgun doubles wing, tight right. Um, the play is going to be a mesh running back wheel. And you're going to see drones get the ball to Coney in a very tight window for a big game. So I'll let it run first, and then we'll uh, we'll look at it again. To back that up. I like, I, mean, I like Coney. Yeah, it's still doing some – I mean, the staff likes him too, and – True freshman. True freshman. Yep. Hadn't even seen the way. Let's let's look at the protection. Let's look at the protection here. Decent protection. Decent protection. Um, You'll see the mesh here. I mean, you're either throwing the wheel or you're throwing to Jennings kind of on the shallow cross here. That's going to be your your, your one and two reads. So, read one, he had a good window. It was going to be tight, but he had it there. Delivered a solid ball. Gets it there just in time for Coney to break the tackle and make a good run. 
I just love that throw. Yeah. Just, Can I ask yeah. a question, Brian? Yeah. Um, so how would you assess the uh, the depth or the angle of the route that he took? Because I feel like if that linebacker uh, did his homework and maybe knew the play was coming or if he was just a little bit faster, that could potentially be a pick six. Uh, yeah. So I think based on where the backer was, that's that's a very tight throw to make. Um, I think if if you had a backer that had more knowledge and ability there, that's a dangerous throw to make. Um, I think situationally, it's 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 not that it's not a bad decision there. <coughs> it's one of those that could be either a catch for you or an incompletion, given what what the linebacker is showing right here. But yeah, a more competent linebacker would have been able to make a make a play here. Right. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go other side of that. A more competent linebacker might have tried to jump it, and they don't get a hand on Coney. Because this would have been a bigger, even a bigger run if I don't know. I know that's a. I know that's a walk on. I'm pretty sure it is. Get a number there when you run the play. Uh, that's George Balance. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um. All right. So, but, but yeah. My but my point is just flip side. You're you're right, Sheldon. Somebody could throw that to a pick six, but if they don't make it. Balance goes to the player, not the ball. He's not thinking about the pick. And what he does is he gets that hand on him just for a second to slow Coney's momentum. He doesn't do that. He tries to go for the ball, and he gets in there. That free safety, right? Funny, go with your cursor. The free safety. Well, this turns out to a big game because it's a huge gain anyway. But you the, imagine the mesh, not the mesh routes from the writers carrying pretty much everybody but balance to the middle of the field. Yep. 35 comes over, makes the tackle. But what I'm saying is he slowed his momentum down. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a foot race if he doesn't hit him. Yeah. I, I, but I, I definitely agree with Sheldon's point. I mean, there are yeah. a lot of linebackers that could make that play. Oh, yeah. There um, are. A thousand percent. Yep. What's the next one? And you know, let's look at this before we move on to the next one, real quick. You know, he's he's got Jennings if he wants Jennings. So I mean, if this is if this is a linebacker that's more capable, you know, the play is still a good play call because the concept you're still having Jennings coming free underneath here on the on the cross. So you're still getting, yeah, you know, he's probably going to catch it right there at the hash. He's going to get seven, eight yards on that. All right. Next play is a fun one. We get to see uh, our buddy Pot Wapson. This is the touchdown throw. This is yeah. This is the big touchdown. So we get on this one. It's a shotgun double doubles wing. Uh, we got a bubble go route uh, concept here. Uh, it's going to be pop pop taking a deep shot to Tucker Holloway out there at the top, and I'll let it run through here. He kind of that swing 
swing action, influence the defense. Tucker with the one-on-one, beats his man. I wish we could see up top there what happened. Do y'all remember? Was it a slip? Was it just? He got turned around a little bit in the in the top okay. when he's when he's spinning his hips. He got got a little loose and and lost Tucker. Okay. And I mean, this is another you know. I mean, you may have a little hold in that too. Who is that up at top? Seventy five. Yeah, might a little a, bit. Might, might a little hold. Maybe. Yeah, shit, shit held a little bit here. I think they let this one go. I think they let this one go. Um, he was a little slow getting across. It really took a bad angle, if we're being honest. Yeah. yeah. He needs to, he needs to be flatter with that. He comes too far at field. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is one that the go wasn't the primary. This this is supposed to be a swing kind of all the way. You can tell by what the the other receivers are doing. Um. So the the swing is actually the primary here. See him look look at the swing. See it's not there. See where his eyes went. I mean, he threw off his back foot because you know Schick didn't do a great job of getting across there. But <coughs> hard to argue with the forty yard score, right? All right. And we're going to get one here that's uh, our other uh, true freshman quarterback. Curtis left us. He ran away. All right, Curtis, what are you doing? Maybe had to pee. <laughs> It, knowing Curtis, that, that's it. That's happened. Yes, that happened right there. <laughs> well, Shelton gets the uh, the point there. Shelton gets the point. All right, so we got uh, this one formation. We got shotgun spread. This Why is going to be a – Go ahead. I was going to say it's the plays are going to be a go X curl. Um, and Whitkey's going to take a deep ball shot to Sutton that we should have had a touchdown on here on third and 13. So I'll let it run. Let me get it on the screen first. That would make, make more Add it more in, sense, add it in. It? Here we go. Oh. oh. That hurts your heart. Oh. That hurts your heart. All right, so let's talk about this. We got stunts on both sides of the uh, the defensive line here. And the offensive line just watches them happen and does absolutely nothing. <laughs> so we can we can watch that real quick. We got stunts, stunts, stunt, stunt, and we're just gonna watch, guys. We're just gonna stay, like what what's going on here? Why are four guys <laughs> surrounding one guy? <laughs> oh, Let's not do that. We shouldn't do that. That shouldn't okay, be happening. Look, Eric Dillon and Whitkey back there. Don't get the freshman killed, for God's sake. I mean, but this is a good ball with three guys bearing down on him. You're gonna get puts killed. it puts it right on his hands in the end zone. I mean, the only thing I'd like to see from him is that based on where Sutton's running this route, I'd like to see the ball delivered right on the hash instead of back inside about back outside of it because it gives the receiver a chance to run through it instead of having to bend back. That makes the catch a little bit harder. 
but I mean, that's really the only thing, uh, other than not, not catching it that I would critique there. Um, but you gotta, you gotta bring that in. It's on your hands. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. And and y'all give me your viewpoints on this, watching this tape, watching the concepts, watching things that they want done. It feels leaps and bounds. It feels leaps and bounds of where we were a year ago. <laughs> it feels it, competent. It, it feels, feels it feels competent. like we, we look like we know what we're doing. There you go. Like even when we're not executing, it looks like we know what we're doing. And, and, and does that make other, sense? It does. <laughs> and in the other piece that we, we've said on here, and I think all of us in some way have said it is, okay, yeah, Tyler Bowen's never coached quarterbacks before. This is Tyler Bowen's system that basically, what, almost nine years? He's th- This has been his system, right? And this is but truly this- his baby this year versus last year where I feel like there was kind of too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, you know, you had some of what Glenn wanted to do kind of sprinkled in there in the past game. You had some of what Rudolph wanted to do sprinkled in the run game. This is truly – Tyler Bowen's baby this year and you can actually see his handprints and fingerprints and everything on on this offense and I don't feel like we saw as much cohesive identity last year we saw we saw pieces here and there but we didn't see a cohesive identity I saw more of that in the spring game than at any point on offense last year right what's this one Brian all right so this one here uh we got a uh, shotgun Y off trips right it's going to be an X cross Z comeback um, and Jones is going to throw off his back foot incomplete. So this is one where, you know, we'll be a little bit, little bit hard on drones, but this is also a little bit on the offensive line too. And let's run it back here. You know, drones is going to get a little bit of pressure here in his face at the last minute. Can't step up. That's a long throw. That is a long throw. Yep. It's a long throw that you're not taking a full step into. Look, at, it takes like a half step into it yeah. as he's releasing. Kind of he's not taking a too. full. Yeah, it's out of side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, so he's, he's trying to bend it around the defender while taking only a half step into it. Um, not the throw you want to make there, but it's a safe throw. I mean, it's not a throw that's going to you know create a turnover. So, um, Daniel gets it there, too. And the other thing here is that he really has his pick here because Jennings is running wide the fuck open too. That's his second read here. Wide open. I think the hand goes up as he throws the ball. Yep. Hand, yep, hand went up. <laughs> here! Oh, man. And, I mean, both are probably getting about the same amount of yardage depending on the catch there. And, and depending on whether forty can get to can get to Jennings, uh, whether Jennings has the angle or not, but I mean, this is one where the, the you know you see the concepts. Concepts are good. It's there. Just got to execute better on the offensive line, and you got to be able to to make that throw. It's, it's a it's a hard throw to make, but when you're that open, you got to be able to get it there. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw Bowen call that play against ODU. Is that is that zone coverage, Brian? Yes, it was. Okay, yeah, because I saw the linebacker kind of pass off the crosser to uh, to the next guy over. So there's obviously miscommunication there, but that's a good zone beating play. Exactly, exactly. Crossers are, are great for that. All right, so let me pull up the next one here. 
We got four more. Well, the next one is our pivot. Is our pivot. This is our pivot, yeah. We're, we're looking... This is kind of the last one for the newcomers, and then we're going to kind of pivot into the defensive uh, defensive highlights here. Um, you know, setting this up, I'll go ahead and, and share it here. We've got a uh, shotgun doubles wing. It's going to be a split zone RPO slant, and Drones is going to try to get it to Jennings. It's going to be a little bit of a tighter window than he expected. There's going to be a little bobble INT. <laughs> We'll let it run through here first. All right. So this, this is one of those where, you know, we talked about the rules earlier. This is one where the rules kind of unfortunately put you in a bad spot. All right. So pre-snap, look at this box. Your, your, your RPO routes over here. You got defenders across the board. Your read man's here. Based on those, you should say, "All right, we're we're throwing this." Um, what what we get though is we get the safety rolling up into the and replacing that backer zone. So we got a little zone blitz. So what happens here is that now you're throwing a slant right into where the safety's creeping into that zone. So the window got significantly tighter than what you anticipated. But the throw is made. Throw is still made. It's slightly behind, probably a little bit earlier than you would want to make that throw normally. Um, but catchable. But catchable. But, but catchable. But catchable. You get a little, you get a bobble here. Doesn't quite pull it in, doesn't secure it. And then you get uh, Mr. Phillips. You get uh, most Phillips coming in there, and true freshman gets his, uh, his first interception as a Hokie. So. Yep. Brian, I love me and you talked about this one. Me and Brian looked at this one. Uh, sorry, Tally. It was one of those days you could hop on with us. We looked at this one in depth. And the reason I love this play from both sides is, A, the play call on defense is really good. It takes it away. But the throw by drones, I mean, that's on the money. It's still a good route ran by Jennings, even though he kind of coughed it up. But the bigger part on this is Phillips, that true freshman, and this is where it goes where we're kind of leading to the defense. He starts going that way. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. That ball's tipped. He doesn't stop right here. He keeps going, and he gets his pick. How many yep. times do you see it in games where guys stop, yep. the ball hits the ground, and they're like, oh, what did I do? You stop. That's why. Well, he kept going, and also he immediately looked to get upfield. And I think mm-hmm. – <laughs> I don't know. like The latter part of the Fuente DBs, it seemed like they got an interception and didn't know what the fuck to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he needed to get upfield, get some yards. I, I, I like that. I like that. And then he sees, hey, I, I'm, I'm trapped in here. Let's get out of bounds. Let's get a nice little late hit there. I respect that little, little blind side. I, I mean – I'm headhunting if, if there's a pick, so I, I I I get it. That's what I want to do. Now, as an <laughs> offensive lineman, I did I did not like those 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 shots. That you, you get a little ear hole shot, you definitely feel that for a little bit. All right. So first, uh, primarily okay. defensive play here. 
we got a couple that are kind of the, the, the bigger plays here. And then we got one that is a little more nuanced. So that's, that's kind of the middle one here that we'll sandwich. Got three left. We, we're going on two hours. Only a few more minutes to wrap up tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. All right. So we're going to get this in here. This is play 17. We got shotgun doubles wing tight right. It's going to be a sprint slot cross play action. Um, and we're going to see Strowman make an absolutely incredible instinctual play here. Strowman covered some ground on the play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Strowman said, 40's not going to make this. I got to make this. Because Strowman's is 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 playing in uh, in the deep here. He's playing middle deep. He's playing that that cover one. He recognizes forty ain't gonna get to Jennings, so he gets to Jennings. Yeah, that's just incredible individual effort and also yeah. incredible instincts to kind of recognize what's there and what you need to do to get a play. I mean, that's something that turns into you know, potentially a touchdown, but definitely a first down and goal for white. And now all of a sudden you get the ball back. Right. Canteen, right place, right time. Canteen, right place, right time. Canteen in good coverage on Felton on the top there. Right. You know, to, you know, to, to kind of piggyback on that good coverage, good, good placement there. And because he's in good coverage and good placement, he's there for the pick. When they get these picks, they trying to get some. They trying to get get going with it. They go. They they turning and running, man. They're turning and running. Well, Turn and burn. They cheetahs. They cheetahs. I like it. They, cheetahs, they, you they, said. They, they they get that uh, they get that prey in their mouth. They going. I like it. Oh, this is the one. Now. This is the one that you said is a little more nuanced. So that you get yeah, a little more nuanced. And th- this is something that I'm glad to see from a guy that we. I feel like we need to see it from. All right. So the play we got is shotgun doubles wings, uh, tight left. Uh, it's going to be a split zone play action sprint X cross, and we're going to see just a, a standard incomplete pass. But I want you to watch Keller. Where is he uh, on he this play? Out first. Point him out. Where is he there? Okay. Yep. All right. So, th- and this is this is a, you know, the, the linebackers are in zone here. It's just to give you a little heads up. So watch the play. This is just a little thing. It's not a big thing. But it's a little thing. So you got the split zone. Tight ends coming across. He's not blocking though. He's going out in the route. You see Keller's kind of pressing that a little bit. Watch him pass this off and give some depth right there. And he does just enough to make that window a lot tighter for that throw where he's got to sail it high instead of throwing it out in front right. of Jennings. Because if, if uh, drones can deliver that out in front, it's, that could be a, a complete pass. You know, yeah. it's it's still good coverage, but you put it in a spot where it's easier to catch. You throw it high and a little bit in, you know, now now it's an incomplete pass. So 
that's just a little bit, little nuance there showing how a guy that has shown athletic ability, but didn't always pick up the concept of the defense as well as they would have liked to last year. That's showing growth by Keller there. So I like that. I wanted to kind of highlight that a little bit. Nice. And last one here, guys. Last one before we wrap it up tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is from somebody who did not go to the portal. One of our young ends here. It's the Bergels. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we got uh, Shotgun Y off trips right. This is going to be a duo RPO slant. And you're going to see Burgos on a stunt. Uh, Doesn't get home. Stays in the play. Gets a tip. Forces an interception. I know that happened quick, so I'm going to run that back pretty slow here for you. We do not have it on screen yet. There we go. The Burgos is outside. He's stunting inside here. If you can't get there, get your hands up. Can't get there. Gets kind of caught in the wash, but sees the pass, gets his hand up. Little tip that slows it down just enough. Looks like, I mean, that could have been an incomplete, could have been a, could have been a complete pass to Felton there coming across, but because of the tip slows in the traffic there. And we got uh, Miles Ellis getting an easy pick here. He's playing underneath uh, of that slant because he's got help over the top. So uh, as Felton breaks inside, he's kind of playing underneath that and right place, right time for that tip. Shout out RVA zone. Deep run high school, Miles Ellis. But that's all, ladies and gentlemen. That's our 19 play uh, spring game breakdown, kind of going through some some new faces, some Wells improvements, some scheme things, and a little bit of defense. All right, y'all. Now, I'm gonna, I'm, let's just go a quick round. Brian, you've looked at it. We'll, we'll get your opinion last here. Sheldon, just looking at this tape and just seeing some of the stuff more in depth, Brian – Y'all, Brian did awesome on this. He gave us some great notes to look at, too, as we were reviewing these things. Kudos to him. What's the one thing you feel good about going into the season now seeing this? Uh, definitely the skill players. I mean, look at Gosnell, Holloway, uh, Felton, Jennings. I think we, obviously Jennings didn't play, but like, I think we've really ramped up wide receiver, which, in my opinion, was the biggest uh, weak spot on the team last year. We've done a really good job of retooling that room. Running backs are better. Um, you know, tight ends, you know, we'll see about them. Uh, but just the, the skill players, that's that's been a huge upgrade. Um, so I think we can get guys out in space and have them make plays. Uh, like you said, you explosive plays are one thing, but you got to be able to get those those consistent, you know, plays where you can, you know, keep keep ahead of the sticks. Don't, don't fall on the sticks because that was a big issue last year. Um, I think overall just the the, the, the level of skill it's much better from last year. Tally? Yeah, similar to what Sheldon said, man. It's kind of like um, what I hit on earlier, just the wide receivers and the skill make, skill positions. I mean, we have a lot of different type pass catchers. You know, some people that are not afraid to go across the middle, some tight ends that can get some separations, some tight ends that can block. 
uh, some big receivers that can be possession receivers. So watching this, you kind of seen all that stuff on display, and it's exciting. Yep. I'm with y'all on that, but I'm with it's these guys going into the scheme we're getting them into. Yeah. If there's going to be creations where you saw that where that drag where Jennings was open a couple times, those digs where it's voiding spaces where throws can be made. And when you break it down like Brian did for us tonight, and, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, I should have did this at the beginning. You got to go to YouTube. You got to sync it up with YouTube if you're listening on the podcast to see the plays. But you see the manipulation, the manipulation of how if these guys are coming up and making these easy throws, eventually you pop a couple slants, a couple digs, they're going to start backing off, right? And we, I think with Tudin and Thomas, I think we can get the run game going from that. Brian, what do you want to wrap it up with here before we uh, call it? Yeah, the big thing for me, just like you said, the scheme is standing out because if you – you know, if you're not using the the talent that you have, again, I'm glad that we're we're ratcheting up the talent in the skill position. But if you're not going to get those guys the ball in spaces where they can make plays, then you're still going to be a struggle. So, I like to see the scheme is coming hand in hand with the ratchet up in in skill level, and I think that's going to pay big dividends because, you know, we're already seeing some improvement um, without a full complement with the split roster uh, compared to what we saw last year. You know, we, we get we get a full complement of first teamers out there, um, and 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 really kind of let some of the guys that, that had to sit um, for the spring game get out there and show what they can do. I feel like we got weapons all over the place now. We do. Um, we do. You know, but with Benji coming on, uh, we saw some good things from him in the spring game. Um, you know, you got Wright that didn't even play. You got Lane, Lane that didn't, didn't even play. play. Yeah. Lane didn't play. I mean, yeah. you know, we got we got skill guys that didn't even play that are one of them being a big part of last year's offense comparatively. And, uh-huh. uh, and we saw, we saw that much improvement. And like I said, I think the big thing is the scheme and, and not just like I was talking about with, um, you know, seeing some new elements, but also again, it being cohesive. I feel like last year, again, it was a, it was a mixed bag. There were, there were pieces there, but nothing really fit together. I feel like we saw, schemes that fit together and and they were attacking the defense in a way that made sense in a way that put them in conflict consistently. Right. That's always a key. Put them in conflict consistently. And with that being said, we go over two hours tonight. We thank y'all for uh, watching us out there. It does wrap us up, wrap up this episode of the boundary corner podcast brought to you by the main street pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Like us in five. Shut must. <laughs> Visit our website, boundarycornervt.com, to listen to all of our episodes and take a look at the merchandise shop while you're there at the Boundary Corner store. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Very important for this episode. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go look at all the tape Brian put together here. Uh, also, your favorite podcast source, Spotify, Amazon. What other there? Apple Podcasts. Anything you can think of podcast-wise, we are on. As always, we let our buddy down in the NRV, Jason Long. He plays us in. He plays us out every week. Check him out. I know he's going to be at the Grand Farmers Market off and on all during the summer um, down in Roanoke, so definitely take a look at him there. Go to his uh, website, jasonlongmusic.com. We'll link you to all of his stuff, including his Apple Pie, Apple and Spotify. 
and his YouTube and Facebook pages. We thank you for listening. And as always, let's go. Okay. Okay. Okay.